And hello, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live on a Tuesday evening, an election Tuesday evening. There is an election going on, and it's a pretty good one. Well, I guess if you're a Republican, it's a pretty good one. It looks like they've somehow managed to reconfigure the Republican base to allow for another Republican victory. We'll see what happens later on. It's too early to call the Virginia governor's race, but we are going to talk about that uh, probably more in detail tomorrow when Sherry Jacobus is going to be here and a full panel to analyze everything that's going on on election day tonight. But the reason we're not doing too much election stuff tonight, although we will be watching every time there's a big, big winner or loser, we'll bring it up, is because we're talking tonight to someone, I've never thought about this, but we've never had a GOP candidate for the Senate here on the show because we're, you know, we mostly have people who are not from the GOP. But now, tonight, we are very happy to welcome the uh, GOP candidate for Senate for Pennsylvania, Everett Stern. How are you, Everett? Nice to have you on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You're here under very difficult circumstances. You're here because not because you're talking policy, you're not talking about your run for, uh, is it Toomey's seat that you're running for in, in the Senate? Yes. That's not why you're here. You're here because on the weekend, you know, we were all having, you know, a typical weekend. We sort of knew what was coming up of, in terms of the news agenda, but you threw a curveball into the weekend with a press conference, which, you know, it really was a bombshell press conference. There was something that we had not even anticipated hearing and nothing that we had heard of before. And basically you detailed how Michael Flynn, Lieutenant General who has been running around this country, brainwashing people, some would say, certainly organizing a militia, being involved in, in the insurrection. You, if you were involved in witnessing and revealing that he is involved in an extortion plot or a blackmail scheme to blackmail politicians in order to support their audits of the election results. We'll go through all of it in detail, but is that basically a correct summary, if I can summarize it? Is that really what's, what you're alleging against General Flynn? Yeah, that's really what this comes down to, where I wanted to get out of the press conference and get out to the American people, where I felt there was an imminent uh, danger of a possible domestic terror attack. And that's where uh, I needed to get out this information as fast as possible in, in the timeline that I did uh, in the manner. But yeah, it's a very serious, very, very serious situation going on with General Flynn, you know, because what I saw and what I witnessed was a group of people who are not messing around and who are undermining our democracy and who are causing a situation where the very fabric of our country and the very fabric of what everything our founding fathers stood for uh, being undermined and Look, if you have a group of people who believe that President Trump is the president of the United States and not President Biden, we have a very serious, serious problem. And we have a large group of people taking orders from a three-star general who is no longer in power, and that's a huge problem. And again, what was said to me, uh, which hit all alarm bells you know, by the Patriot Caucus and by this group, was we will use uh, by any means necessary, including domestic terrorism, to accomplish our mission. And by that statement alone, Look, I will do everything in my power to defend the United States of America. And that's what prompted me to give that press conference. I did not get into a lot of details in that conference, but I certainly gave enough away to alert the appropriate people. So let's underline the really important things here, because you're saying that there is an extortion scheme, there is a blackmail scheme, but there is also a threat of domestic terror against potential individuals, potentially other kind of domestic terror attacks by this group in order to get to where they want to get, which is presumably not just the audits, they're trying to do a lot more than just get to audits of the elections or, or whatever it is. What are they trying to do? Do you know what they're trying to do? Yes, in Pennsylvania and in all across the United States, they're trying to get Trump back into office. That is their main objective. Mm -hmm. Number one, get Trump back into office because they believe that this election was stolen. And this is 
been you know told to the American people, and you could say brainwashed or, or any other term, but you know disinformation has been given out uh, to the American people, and a lot of Republicans and these QAnon nutcases have bought into this, and they are willing to do whatever it takes to get Trump back in, uh, and they believe he is the president, and Trump is allowing this, and what needs to happen needs to step forward. See, they even had me partially brainwashed there for a second. <laughs> but what, what needs to happen to is ex-President Trump needs to step forward and clearly state to the American people that he is no longer the president and he needs to tell the, these individuals to step down. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is you have a well-orchestrated, uh, you could say militia or well-orchestrated group, which I'm going to diagram out for you guys and make sure that uh, everyone understands exactly what is happening within this group and who the players are. And really how to defeat them, I believe, is public exposure, which I'm doing now. But unfortunately, instead of telling the truth to the American people that the ex-President Trump is no longer in office and that General Flynn is instead, he is orchestrating with General Flynn, with Ivan Reichlin, his attorney, with Giuliani, with Sidney Powell, and with the Patriot Caucus to overturn these audits and to overturn the election results in the United States of America for President Trump. Now, nothing you're saying here, nothing nothing you're saying about these audits is untrue. We already know these audits, some of them have taken place. Some of them are still taking place. They, we all suspect they'll turn out to be the same thing, that they'll be proven to be you know, false. But we know that these audits are taking place. No, I'm sorry to interrupt you. What mm. you don't know is, and what the American public doesn't know, which I'm now bringing forward, is in the manner in which they're taking place. Right, right. They're, not, they're not just taking place by people going out in front of the signs protesting and doing things the old-fashioned American way. Oh, no, 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 no. The way this is happening is people are, you know, dirt is being brought up, legislators uh, possibly with a high degree of confidence being bribed and being sought out. Well, let's um, just keep those allegations for, for a second. Let's just keep those aside because those are different. But I just want to say the facts that we do know. We know that there was an insurrection. We know that there was a stop to steal event. We know that there are audits. We know that there are attempts to get Donald Trump back in power that continue until this day and that some state legislatures continue to audit those results, even though it seems kind of crazy to be doing it. This is all stuff that's, you know, undeniably factual. We all know has happened. And then what you're bringing to the table is your own experiences. But let's first understand why you're doing this. This is not helping your run for Senate. Presumably, the Republican Party is not going to be thrilled with the fact that you're out here, you know, saying these things. Certainly the base would not be thrilled with you coming onto a, a national platform like this and revealing these things. So it's not helpful no, to your career. Oh, no. I basically just committed to career suicide. But mm-hmm. that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is the protection of the United States of America and the preservation of our democracy. That's what matters to me. I don't care about my political career. That They can go flush that I'm down I'm just trying to explain to people what the motivation is. You know, people are saying sure. already, must have another reason for doing this. Why is he doing it this way? And your motivation is, is certainly not career reasons because it's certainly not helping your run for the Senate. And that was in next year's election. So it's not like... You know, you wouldn't even knew that was. Let me take a step back yeah. and, and explain to people kind of a little bit of my background. Yeah, and then I kind of want to get into this U.S. Senate race because there's a lot of people don't know about how this race started and kind of what's really happening within the Republican Party. And I'm more than happy to expose this because uh, it really does tie into a lot of these allegations that, that, that I made during the press conference. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm tell us about you. whistleblower. Yeah, yeah so I'm the HSBC whistleblower. So back in 2012, back in 2010 uh, and in 2011, there were billions of dollars in terrorist financing and drug cartel financing that was occurring at HSBC Bank. And I helped, you know, I reported this to the United States government. I was passing information to the CIA. You were and, working at the um, bank? 
Yes, yes. I was not working for the United States government. And my evidence led to, to one of the largest fines in U.S. history. It was $1.92 billion. Now, I failed, though. I was not successful. A lot of people said to me, oh, Everett, Rolling Stone came out uh, with a story called Gangster Bankers. All these other news articles came out, Reuters. They said I was this hero. BS. That wasn't the case. I failed in, in what I was trying to do because no, not one banker went to jail. And if a banker went to jail, that would have accomplished something because then all these other uh, compliance fines throughout the years, billions of other dollars went to terrorists. Nothing changed. I didn't implement any change. I didn't do anything. So but anyways, you, you were I'd a whistleblower. You were a credible witness. You were used as a credible witness by the investigators. And, you know, that seems to also check out. There's certainly nothing about that part of your history, which suggests that you might have some ulterior motives or, you, you know, you did that for the right reasons. You blew the whistle for the right reason. You were blowing the whistle on, on terrorist funding. Uh, through HSBC. Subsequently, you've also got yourself a, you know, and this is probably the stuff that gets people kind of, you know, it's unusual to have your own personal intelligence agency. That's not something that everyone has. So maybe you can tell people about why you started that. Right. And this is the important part. And this is what people really need to understand. So after HSBC money laundering scandal, I lost everything. I mean, everything. And the one place that saved my life was actually P.F. Chang's. Uh, P.F. Chang's restaurant. I went from working at a Chinese bank to a Chinese restaurant and I had no money. I had no, I was sleeping on a, on a camping cot in a 400 square foot apartment. I, I, even the, the, the uh, intelligence report that, that went to U.S. Senate uh, called HSBC Sponsoring Terrorism. Um, I got that. Uh, I wrote that on a plastic foldout table I bought for 1995 from uh, Walmart, I believe. And I had nothing. And, and to be honest with you, I'm going to be perfectly frank in this story that I had nothing left. And uh, I was actually to a point where, you know, I was actually even going to take my own life because there was nothing left. No bankers went to jail. I, I failed in justice. And I had this pet rabbit. And, and uh, I said to myself, you're going to feed the rabbit. And, yeah. And, yeah. And the rabbit saved my life. And, and that's why the company was named Tactical Rabbit. And what I wanted to do, though, was form a company that promoted justice and that held people accountable and fought corruption. So it wasn't a private intelligence agency to spy on people and be this PI firm. We're not a PI firm, and we're not one of these crazy uh, private intelligence agencies like Black Cube or something. No, 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 no. We're out to fight for the good guys and to do justice and to do what's right. And that's what people have to understand is the motive, not only behind my motive, but behind the motive behind the company Tactical Rabbit. So there's a big difference between myself and a company like you know, crawl or something. Right. It's big, big, huge but it is a bit there. eccentric to have, you know, to be, have a company that does all these, you know, fight for justice things. It's great to be able to do, but who's paying for all of that? That's a great question. So, and that's one thing I had to figure out was when I first started the company, I started at one contract at a time. I was working at PF Chang's and then during at night waiting tables and during the day I would get contracts and, and I had, uh, I was able to recruit different former CA officers, you know, military intelligence. And I formed a team, it was very, very small at first, of course. And I just built the company little by little. This is over a 10 year period. And we ended up doing a lot of good. And I took on a lot of pro bono cases and Sweetbriar College even, that was in the Washington Post. I certainly didn't save the college. Uh, the women of Sweetbriar saved Sweetbriar College, but there was fraud there. So I jumped in on that case because I wanted to help and I felt it was the right to do. Again, this comes down to, to the notion, not the notion, but, but the actual fact. I've based my life on doing the right thing. And this I'm not an angel or anything like that, but my compass is doing the right thing. And if anyone looks at 
my life throughout Wikipedia or, or, or things I've done throughout my life. I'm sure there's a lot of researchers out there on social media. You, you'll see. And again, not everything I've done is perfect, but but overall, I try to hit the mark in, in trying to do the right thing. But just to land that one question, it's paid for these things by yourself through oh, money sorry. that you got. Uh, yeah, I just want to know exactly how you funded all these exercises in, you know, so some of them are very well-meaning and I know of some of these. These are not things that are new to me from uh, meeting you, but there is certainly things that we've read in the news in the past about the Palm Beach Police County. There's others that we've read. I mean, these are things that are in the news. So uh, why did you suddenly undertake those and who paid for those? Great question. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to dodge it mm. before. It was just, I, I kind of went off on a rant there. We, we do not have any backer whatsoever that is financing us from the side or anything like that. We have private clients where uh, you know law firms, Fortune 500 companies, hedge funds, all different types of clients in the private sector. So instead of using all of that money just on myself, I take a portion of, the, of those profits and I use them to fill in intelligence gaps within the USG to help the United States government and to help people in need. And it's used for good. It's self-financed operations. Okay. But you're not tied in any way to the CIA. You're not tied in any way to any intelligence service, any government intelligence service. This is just your own operation. You want to do good for the world. You take some private clients. You also use some of that money to do these other uh, initiatives. Correct. We have no ties to the Central Intelligence Agency, no ties to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We have no ties to any government uh, uh, entity in the world or the United States. And, and we have no ties to anybody else. I am 100% of the company. There's no... It, now, you know that it, happens it, in the intelligence world. I mean, this is certainly not, you know, sure. people get set up with companies. They do all this kind of work. But in reality, and I don't expect you, you're going to blow any cover here, but if there was, if there was you, would, you wouldn't tell us, and it would be impossible for us to find, right? I mean, it's not like they, there are many entities that are set up as front companies uh, for these intelligence, just generically. I'm not saying yours is, but it's, it's quite, you know, it's, it's fairly common in the intelligence world, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, they, they do it all the time. But for them to do it with me, that mm -hmm. would be extremely stupid because we're a – private intelligence agency saying that we have former CA officers, the actual uh, operatives that we would have uh, cover people, they would easily get, get caught. The whole cover just wouldn't work. In fact, to be perfectly frank, I, I mean, you know, I, I, in the beginning, when I first started Tachka Rabbit, I did reach out to, to the agency asking if that's something that we could do or even the FBI. It's just not possible. Feasible. How many people work for your company? Oh, uh, that's not something I want to disclose, but it is a good amount. But we do have you know, a fair amount in order to know to be able to conduct uh, operations globally. So we, we, we know then a little bit about your background. We're not going to you're not going to say very much more, it seems like, in terms of the actual details of how many people work there. You know, there's a lot of people I've seen just as, as we're talking through here, there's message boards are filled up. A lot of people asking sort of very critical questions based on information that they've done. Um, we've certainly seen it earlier before the show. I'm just going to ask people to be patient and I'm going to get to those. I just want everyone to, to hear you out. I think if what you're saying is accurate and I've done as much research as I can on this and it certainly seems to check out, there's, you know, we should listen to what Mr. Stern has to say because it's important. It has potential national security um, implications and we should just hear him out. I'm not saying that he, we know everything about him and I'm not saying that we know everything that he's telling us is 100% correct because we don't yet. But certainly the broad strokes of what he's talking about seem to check out. So take some time, if you don't mind, help me out. Let's look at, let's listen to what he has to say and, and let's see if we can really build a narrative here that you know, makes sense to us. So I wanted you to go back to the very beginning of the story around the extortion. And I'm guessing that that date, and I'm not sure it is the right date, but I'm guessing that that date is, uh, is the 26th of 
Maybe I don't have it right here. Uh, I believe it was the 21st. The 21st. If, if you're speaking about the actual interaction uh, with, the, with the first with time. Yeah, the first time you met with them or they approached you. Before I get into them, though, I wanted to mention one thing about, about Trump, though. And the one thing I wanted to mention about Trump was that, you know, the Republican Party was having these secret Republican U.S. Senate meetings. Um, mm. This is about a year ago. And they had them as actual media blackouts. So they weren't allowed, allowing the media to take place. And they were having them in very remote locations. Mm. In one meeting in particular, it became very clear to me that there was the nomination process was going to be really not a nomination process, that Donald Trump was going to be dictating this. And one of my opponents, I'm not going to mention his name because I'm not here to bash anybody. This isn't political. But what Trump was trying to do in this race, what he is trying to do in this U.S. Senate race, is control each U.S. Senate candidate. So whoever ends up as the nominee is part of the actual Trump camp. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that what we're seeing is, is, a, is a GOP that's very much under the control of Trump and his allies. We see it every day. We see that it doesn't make sense what they're doing, but we see that they're uh, beholden to him somehow. How that happens, we don't know, but maybe we'll find out tonight. Um, let's jump to the 26th of April. I think that was the date, right? Is that correct? Uh, 21st. Yeah, I think it is I, the 26th, I, 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 if, if I remember your transcript correctly, which I don't have in front of me right now. But I think you said it was correct. the 26th. This was a meeting. Tell us what happened on that day. Yeah, so I actually gave a speech. Uh, it was at the Berks County, uh, it was at the Stoley Castle. And I gave a speech there. And then when I left the actual speech, I was approached by Velma, uh, Velma Ann Ruth and Mark Still. And they told me they were from Patriot Caucus. And I thought they were from the Patriots. I had heard of Patriot Caucus before. So I thought they were more from, you know, Trump's far, far right group. Honestly, I didn't think anything of it. Uh, Velma said there was a national security issue that she wanted to discuss with me about. But she said this wasn't the proper, you know, forum to actually discuss it. You know, Velma uh, said that, that she wanted to be in touch and they wanted to support my campaign. And, you know, I shook her hand. Again, to be honest with you, I was very, very tired. It was a long evening from, from dinner to giving a speech. I really just wanted to get out of there. And there was no there was no red flag in dealing with Mark or Velma. The, who, the only who else was there? There, was, I, there were two other people yeah, there. Well, the other person that was there that struck um, – I'm sorry. The only other thing that, that Vilma did say in that met meeting was that they were looking for intelligence uh, and they knew that I had tactical rabbit. And one thing that I did say to Vilma, I made very clear to her, was that I was there at the event uh, in the capacity as a U.S. Senate candidate and not as an intelligence director. And if she wanted to order intelligence uh, or opposition research, it would have to be she would have to contact tactical rabbit and they could they could help her with that. There's a very fine line between running for office and then running a company, you can't pitch services at the uh, campaign event. It's not, it's not right. legal. Right. Uh, and then also, I also met Doug Mastriano, who was there. Now, Doug Mastriano um, is a congressman, right? Or is he a state no, senator? Doug, state senator. Yeah, he's a state senator. And Doug Mastriano was also looking for intelligence in his governor's race. But Doug raised a red flag for me, to be honest with you. The guy just so far right and truly believes that uh, in this so-called election integrity, how they call it. And he just struck me as odd. And, and that Vilma and Mark would introduce me to him, that three-way connection kind of raised, that was right. the only red flag I, I got out of that. Who's the fourth person that was there you mentioned in your press conference? A guy named Bill. Uh, so this is what you say in the press conference. You said, not this is not from Mark. You said, they said to you, I'm not sure who it was. You said, we want to gather intelligence on senators, judges, congressmen, and state, and then you sort of mumbled a couple of words there, and said to move them towards the audit. 
Can you explain exactly who said that and when did they say it and how did they say it? Because there's a lot in that sentence that you said that this is from your transcript the other day. Yeah, sure. So that statement was actually not made to me at Stoley Castle at the Berks County dinner. That actually was made to me over the phone. So as a U.S. Senate candidate, you have to make call lists. So I remember they, Velma and Mark gave me their business cards. So I had their mm-hmm. cards. So I spoke to, to, to Velma. She patched in uh, Mark and they told me they were on an open line. But, uh, and when was this? Number, this was about a week later. Yeah, and there were some, some red flags that certainly presented itself in, in, in talking to Velma. There were some statements that were made, but the biggest one, how, how she started it off, she, she asked me about the intelligence again, and she said there was a national security issue, and I asked her, what is the national security issue and how, you know, how can I help you? It, it said to me that they were recruiting former intelligence officers, former CIA, and also you know, former uh, foreign intelligence officers, including MI6, Mossad. And I was waiting for her to say something about the Russians. She did not. Uh, who's they? But, who's but, who's but, recruiting? Who's doing the recruiting? Well, that's what I didn't know at, at that exact point in time. But my antennas immediately now went up. The red flags went up. And what I needed to understand at this point, I decided to play along at this point and pretty much, I guess you could say, launch an intelligence operation, you could say. But I needed to elicit the necessary information and ascertain the necessary intelligence to figure out um, – who they was or were, mm. and also why were they recruiting these intelligence officers? And, and were they and trying to recruit you? Major, yes. So, so they wanted Tachika Rabbit to be part of this, and she, she, they wanted to hire Tachika Rabbit. Later, I found out also used me because I had certain access to politicians and certain individuals to elicit information and to actually conduct human intelligence operations, you know, against high up people in the Republican Party. And again, human uh, intelligence operations means human to human contact. Uh, mm. And again, I never actually did that. By the way, I never accepted money from uh, these individuals or actually conducted anything against anybody. It was all for pretend. But for, right. to them, though, I, I made it clear. Uh, but it is, I mean, it's, this is not just opposition research. You're not just going to go make contact with your favorite uh, well, senator to get some details. Uh, you, you're saying that you were – what was the what was the mission that they were sending you on or wanted to send you on? Right. This Right. And this is what I had to clarify was, you know, what exactly did they want done? And what they said to me was, again, to move people towards the audit, you know, gather dirt to move them towards the audit. And I said, OK, so you mean opposition research? And she goes, no, 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 no. We need to move them towards the, you know, it was action. So there's a big difference uh, between opposition research where any firm, any PI firm can do that. And again, we're not a PI firm. Mm. You would never, you know, catch grab now offered that, that, that service, but we're not conducting opposition research in, in Pennsylvania, but the, um, you know, what, what they were looking for was, was actual, look, it was implied extortion and anyone with half a brain would, would look at this and say, this is extortion. This is illegal. What, what they're trying to do. Is it implied extortion or could it be something else? I'm just, uh, you know, just to think more broadly, this reminds me a lot of what the, say, the Psy group was doing for the Republican Party during the 2016 uh, nomination process. You remember they had that big, big campaign. Um, and later we found out a lot about that big campaign and how it was operating, where they were operating human intelligence and they were using algorithms and they were using social media and a whole bunch of other things to try and move the convention to Donald Trump. Um, you know, try to move the sentiment to Donald Trump. 
and it seemed to work. Is that what they were looking for? Is that what they were imagining? Or were they actually imagining you going and finding dirt on so-and-so sexual habits or money habits or whatever, and using that to then say, well, now you've got to go and, and support the audits? This was to, by again, going into the later conversation that I had with uh, Velma, mm-hmm. but they needed to move towards the audit by any means necessary, including the use of domestic terrorism. So if you're going to use domestic terrorism, that includes extortion. Wow. <laughs> so there's no way around this. I mean, believe me, I tried so many times in my head in working this intelligence operation to figure out a way in which there was a logical explanation that what they were doing was okay, because that's just what you do. You try to find the null hypothesis, I guess you could say. And I couldn't. These people were just criminals. I'm just going to say it. It's just factual. And let them sue me for it. It's just that's what they are. Let me restate my, what I just said. They're not convicted they are, criminals, v- 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 These no, allegations no, no, v- v- you're v- making. The Patriot Caucus and what these people are doing are domestic terrorists. They are not criminals. Mm-hmm. Let me just back up here a little bit. You didn't do any of this stuff for them. You engaged with them over a period of time. Uh, how many months would you say you engaged with them? I would say probably about three or four months. Okay. And your belief is that they were asking you to ultimately engage in something that would be criminal in trying to either blackmail or extort politicians to move them towards an audit so they would support an audit. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, I was told that, not told, but I was given in writing, in text messages and in other communications that are actually documented that there were actual targets and they're being provided to me, you know, financing was being discussed. And again, the word- So you were given actual instructions. Domestic terrorism was used. You were given instructions written in text form from them. And do you have any audio tapes or any recordings of them? Anything that would prove otherwise? Al Hartman uh, did me uh, a number of messages about the audit in Pennsylvania about where myself and my intelligence officers, where we were and how we were going to be moving into Michigan next. There's a number of voicemails. Now, I had to be very careful here, and I want to make this very clear to everyone listening that not one law was broken because Pennsylvania is not – you cannot just record people. Mm -hmm. So I did not record anybody uh, because you you can't just do that. Even if they're committing whatever crime, you can't do it. So I had to wait for voicemails to come in and also if you know possible ongoing investigation here – I did not want to do anything that could mess that up, that could set loose somebody free because mm-hmm. I did not follow a certain procedure. Right. I want to get back to Hartman in a second, but I just want to just to underline for everybody who we're dealing with here, because here is uh, Mastriano, and I think this is this uh, Rick, I don't know how you say his last name. Sacone. Uh, this is them on, uh, on uh, January the 6th. This is them participating in the events, the riots, the coup, whatever you want to call it, at the Capitol. This is part of many, many evidence that we have of them doing that. The associates, right? These are the people that are associating. You saw Mastriano in the previous diagram, but certainly um, these are the same group of people. Is that correct? Uh, Sacone was also seen when I received the target for Brian Fitzpatrick and also Senator Pat Toomey. Sacone was there. Uh, he gave the speech right before I did. Okay. And Mastriano was involved in this directly or not? Uh, Senator Mastriano was helped by uh, Al Hartman. I personally uh, was not involved in assisting in many interactions with uh, Senator Mastriano. Okay, but, but he's associated with, it's certainly associated with Flynn. We've seen him a lot with Flynn over there. So he, he is associated with Patriot Caucus. Right. So let's talk about Patriot Caucus. Here's a billionaire Al Hartman and here's Michael Flynn. 
And I've never heard of Patriot Caucus, and I've studied this a lot. And, you know, certainly other researchers on the show have done a lot of work. Patriot Caucus is not on my radar. Who are they? What do they do? Why are they different from the other Patriots? Patriot Caucus was, and this is what I didn't understand either at first, but Patriot Caucus is meant to be a coalition to join join up all the different Patriot groups throughout the United States. And, and so there's a different Patriot Caucus in each state. And, and it's, it's meant to serve as a governing body, I guess you could say. And what it really was aimed to do, I think initially, this is my theory, was, was to break off from the Republican Party. But they're meant to serve as a coalition. And the Patriot Caucus uh, is controlled by General Flynn and Ivan Reichlin serves as uh, General Flynn's attorney uh, and provides him uh, the attorney-client privilege. Is As you know, he's also a former Green Beret. Uh, he also knows what he's doing from an intelligence standpoint. I mean, everyone I talk uh, to about this guy, he's a pretty uh, dangerous dude by all accounts. I'll show a picture of him so everyone can know exactly who we're dealing with. And we'll certainly go into him in a lot more detail later on. But this is, uh, you know, I guess he's Mike Flynn's lawyer is the official term, but he's an associate of Mike Flynn's. He's a Green Beret with a fluent knowledge in Russian, got a Russian wife, I believe, and he's run for office in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, unsuccessfully. But, you know, he's, a, he's really an operator. Like, he really seems to move in those circles. And I'm going to share with everybody a piece of video that I found on his Instagram account, which I thought was very revealing related to all of this. And, and maybe now's the time to do it because... It underlines some of your claims here that there is a real effort to try and get people on the record to say, let's have an audit. And, you know, I'm not sure who the person is that he's talking to, although he looks like a familiar face. Maybe other people will know. But it's an unusual Instagram post. And it basically, it's Chuck Smith is the guy's name. And it's just there to support an audit. It doesn't really ring 100% true. Thank you for spending your time with Narrative. And stay tuned. There's much more to this conversation in our next episode. Narrative is made possible by viewers and listeners like you who join at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Join today and support truly independent journalism. Patreon.com forward slash narrative.